He slipped it on and pulled the hood over his face. A few minutes later the door opened and he stepped out into the night. There was a sound of traffic from the street a few blocks away, but otherwise all was quiet. There was a soft, cool breeze blowing in from Lake Erie. A light streamed from the car that served as Lindley's office. The green llama slipped along the side of the cars to the door of the office. There he stopped and listened. Lindley and Gordon were inside, but apparently they were only playing cards. Yet the Green Llama felt sure that the two men were not there just for a card game or the pleasure of each other's company. Evidently it was too early. Deciding that he had some time, and not wanting to stay there by the car, the Green Llama moved off. He crossed the dimly lit lot and approached the tents. Everything was quiet, except for an occasional cough or whine from the animal tent next to the big top. Acting on an impulse, the Green Llama turned and entered the animal tent and made his way past the long row of cages. He could hear several of the cats sniffing as he passed, but otherwise they paid no attention to his presence. He was careful to swing wide as he passed the camels, tethered to one side of the tent. Finally he stopped at the far end of the tent, where he could make out a long line of gray hulks. Earlier that day the Green Llama had been past the elephant line and noticed that the elephant at the end was the boss, an old female at least sixty years old, with puffy eyes that held an unmistakable glint of intelligence. He had asked one of the bull men about her and confirmed his first impression that she was the boss of the herd. Her name was Old Millie. So it was in front of Old Millie that the Green Llama now stopped. He stood in front of her and began talking in a low voice. On and on he talked, making no move to touch her. The gray hulk stirred and the trunk stretched out, touching him. Carefully and gently the tip of the trunk went over his body, even searching his pockets. Finally satisfied, she dropped her trunk. Then the green llama reached up and started scratching her ears, still talking in sing-song Tibetan. After a bit the old elephant raised her trunk up to her own ear and blew. There was a soft, reed-like noise, an elephant's method of indicating pleasure. The green llama had made a friend. After spending some time there in front of the elephants, the llama turned and made his way out of the tent. Lindley and Gordon were still in the office car, and he wanted to see if he couldn't learn some of their plan. He was sure that somewhere in Cleveland four or five people were marked for death because of their insurance, and he hoped to be able to save them. As he neared the track he caught a glimpse of a figure slipping around the end of the office car and coming toward him. He stepped into the shadow of the nearest car and waited. As the figure drew abreast of him, the light from the distant street lamp illuminated the face briefly. The Green Llama started with surprise. It was Anne Shi, the Chinese girl, who shared a sleeping car with Jean Farrell, and she had undoubtedly just come from Lindley's office. As soon as she had disappeared farther down the track, the Green Llama left the shadow of the cars and moved forward to the office car. This time he was more fortunate. The card-playing had ceased and the men were talking. He could recognize Lindley's and Gordon's voices, and there was one other that was unfamiliar to him. "'It's a cinch!' Lindley was saying. It looks so good that everybody on the show will be sure that he's guilty. Anne is going to pick an argument with him tomorrow afternoon. You'll step in and keep him from taking a poke at her. Everybody around the show knows how jealous he is and what a temper he is.
but this will help remind them of it. Then in the spec tonight, Anne'll stop and flirt with this guy. Then when he's bumped off, we'll put the frame around Chris's neck. Suppose Anne doesn't go through with it, the third voice said. She didn't seem too anxious when you mentioned it. She'll do it all right, Gordon said. She's got a kid's sister, and she knows what'll happen to the kid if she don't. You don't need to worry about Anne, Lindley added. The testimony of the whole damn show will be against Chris. It'll be his gun that the cops find on the ground. He can't miss Raffaello. I still don't like it, the third man said. The first one of the cops that gets skeptical is going to figure out that I'm the only other guy that's in line of fire.